This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, this is Daniel Villarreal, Senior Editor of Hornet, and I'm a proud listener of Disability After Dark. If you're hearing this, then you already know how special and important Andrew Gerza's work is. He's literally the only person in the entire world discussing these issues, and he does so in a friendly, knowledgeable, and widely accessible way. Every time I listen, whether the podcast is about having sex after a stroke or turning your wheelchair into a literal fuck machine, every episode makes me see the world my disabled peers, and myself a little differently. Andrew's already released over 80 episodes, and he recently started doing minisodes, too. He has all sorts of great world- and mind-changing projects, but in order to do them, he needs your help. That's why I'm asking you to go to patreon.com slash cripplecontent, that's patreon.com slash cripplecontent, all one word, and make a monthly pledge. He's giving all sorts of great behind-the-scenes extras to people who donate just a dollar a month, That's barely 16 cents an episode. But if you've learned anything from this show, I challenge you to give more. $20, $10, $5, whatever you can afford. For the price of a cocktail or a nice meal, you can help support a revolutionary content creator who's truly doing some groundbreaking work. I believe in Andrew's work, and I know you do too. So please, visit patreon.com slash cripplecontent today and make a pledge. I promise, when you see what else he unveils, you'll be glad you did. Triple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Thanks so much for clicking on this episode. This episode is jam-packed, and I'm so excited you're here. I don't want to ramble too much. I'm going to get right to the meat of this episode. Um, This one's a really good one. I talked to my friend actor AJ Murray. If you've not followed him or don't really know who he is, you should stop right now and start following him immediately. He was on a recent episode of Drunk History where they chronicled um, disability rights. He was also on an episode of Speechless. He's been in numerous documentaries about disability and about sexuality. Um, He's currently in a new documentary that's coming out soon called Take a Look at This Heart that talks about sexuality and disability. He he's just an all-around great guy. We talk about a bunch of intricate intricate things in this in this episode: race and disability and sexuality, uh, disability and caregiving and sexuality, disability and chronic pain and sexuality. Some of his fantasies, so many things. 
So this is a great interview, and I hope you enjoy my interview with actor A.J. Murray right here on Disability After Dark. Oh, here we go. Okay, I think we're good to go. So I'm going to pretend like I didn't just do all that, and then I'm going to pretend like I'm a professional interviewer, and I'm going to wait a minute, and then I'm going to start. Okay, hang on one second. AJ Murray, thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark. I'm so happy you're... I've been following you for your work for a while now. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Oh, it's such... It's, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I watched some of your stuff yesterday, and I was like, this interview tomorrow is going to be amazing. So I'm excited, oh, that, I'm excited you're here. Um, before we get too started... I know a little bit about you, but why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, well, um, my name is, um, well, most people call me AJ. Everybody calls me AJ. Uh, but my given name is Audrey Murray. Um, I'm 35 years old, and I have CP. Um, technically, um, I was diagnosed with um, cerebral palsy, spastic quadriplegia. So all four limbs are affected, and I'm very, very, like, super spastic. Um, but outside of, outside of my diagnosis, like, um, I'm a guy who's uh, very outgoing. I would call myself um, an extreme extrovert. Like, I love people, and I love uh, meeting new people and getting into all sorts of things. Um, my profession is actor and, uh, public speaking. Um, and I, I love, I love all sorts of things. I love, uh, meeting new people. I love music. And, um, sometimes when I'm a little nervous, I start to ramble, which I'm kind of doing right now. I'm letting so you just, I, hey, I'm letting you just ramble. It's, it's yeah. I'm just letting you go. It's all good. No worries. Um, that's awesome, and you, I want to get to your acting a little bit more later, because you've done some stuff that I'm kind of jealous about, and super awesome, and I'm super excited that we're talking, like, you're kind of, you're kind of a big, you're kind of a celebrity, you're kind of a big deal, but, uh, thank you, thank you so much, thank you. Yeah, you're, no, you're definitely, you're definitely one of my celebrities, as a fellow disabled person with spastic quadriplegic CP, so I... (laughs) We have the well, same... I consider you. I consider you a celebrity because your podcast is dope. I love Disability After Dark, and um, it's just an honor to be a part of. Um, it's a very, uh, it's a very insightful conversation, but sometimes the conversations are juicy, which I loved. My favorite podcast. I loved uh, the podcast on uh, um, BDSM. I love that, that podcast. Oh, so, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know you yeah. had that side to you. So we'll get, I'm gonna yeah. throw in a question about your BDSM styles a little bit later. But oh, hey. before I get super dirty with you, because you know I will. Uh, in one of the clips you hey. sent me yesterday of your work, that I really the the one of the very first clips I saw of you before I saw you talk. You you mentioned in um, the interview for this clip that that you were 34 at the time when they filmed and you never had a romantic relationship. And that kind of struck me because I am also just turned 34 the other day. And I, 
I have also never really had a romantic relationship. Can you kind of talk to me more about that? And can you kind of tell me like what, where, you know, how it feels to be now 35 and still looking for that as a disabled person? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, so at the time you saw the clip, I was 34. I am now, it's now a year later. I'm now 35. And what I was basically saying is like, I have yet to be in a romantic relationship. And what that means to me is like, like so far, like, okay, so I have um, a lot of friendships and I am very grateful for the friendships and the friendships that I have are like first class and very, very awesome. But when it comes to dating or like being on the romantic side, I haven't had the opportunity to be in that part of life yet. Uh, meaning that, like, um, so, I, so all my friendships, even though they're very, very close, and I am very grateful for them, and they are great in their flourish, but I haven't, um, I haven't been anyone's significant other. So all of my friendships, all of my relationships are either family, personal connections, or platonic friendships. Okay. Um, and so, like, how, like, and I know because I feel this all the time too. How does how do you feel knowing that like you you knowing that all the milestones that the other people have gotten to experience, and you know, you, you like you and I are sitting in a holding pattern in that in that regard because. We're we're now you know we're nearing forty and we're like uh what am I gonna get to go to like what am I gonna get to date somebody and have it be real? Yeah, I mean, it's I gotta tell you, it's very challenging. You're right. And at at different times, you know, depending on uh, the answer, different on any given day. Like on some days, you know. I'm super positive and I'm in the zone and I'm like, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and get someone, you know, everybody, you know, I've been told for years, it's someone out there for everybody and you will find someone. It will happen. It may not happen exactly when you expect it, but it's going to happen. And then, so I try to remain positive, but then on other days I'm like, you know, um, it on other days it's like you, you kind of suck. Like, why can't you achieve? Like, I don't mean to like beat up on myself. I'm just being real. But on, on some days, I'm like, I really struggle with like chronic loneliness and figuring out like, okay, is there something? Um, what it is specifically about you or is there something that is there is there something that's like weird or strange or like why can't you achieve this or are you ever going to achieve it you know I get very scared about being getting older and even though a lot of people told me and it's always said that there's someone out there for everyone like I, I get very scared about never being with anyone. 
Yeah, yeah, and I I can totally relate to that fear. That's a fear that as I get older too, and I talked about it recently on the show. As I get older, that's something that I that I also really struggle with. So I totally I totally get that. Um, now one of the things we never really talk about with respect to sex and disability is race, and and so one of the things I wanted to bring up to you is because you are a, a proud African American man. I wanted to ask you how you and I, I certainly am not, so that's not my experience, and I don't want to speak for a community that I don't, I don't, I'm not a part of. But I did want to ask you how, um, what your experience as a person of color with a disability, a quote, black man with disability is trying to access sexuality. Do you think that intersection of blackness, disability, and sexuality, do you think they intersect? Well, I think that, um, well, I'll, I'll just give you uh, my experience. Yes, please. Uh, so, so it's been my experience that because of my disability and because I've had a lot of, um, because I've had a lot of opportunity to do things within the disability world, um, hold on, I don't. Can I start over and say it? Yeah, 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 because, yeah. Because, because, like, it's my experience as it relates to disability and race. Um, that because of my disability, I've had a lot of the opportunity to do things. Um, I, I've had a lot of opportunity to do things as far as like camps or like or like or, or like programs dealing with acting or like special um adaptive programs with sports or whatever uh, but it's my experience as it as it relates to disability and and giving an opportunity to do all these things that uh, um it's been my experience that i've I've had, as it, as it relates to disability and race, it's been my experience has been pretty where I, I I have to I have a lot of like white exposure. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't think <laughs> I I don't think I, I said none of that right. What I was trying to say was yeah. it's my experience. As it as it relates to like uh, social opportunity and getting an opportunity to be uh, socially uh, out there, my experience was being like around. I've had a lot of opportunity to do things, but not within my own race. Yeah, I noticed it in the and in the so as a. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, no, bro. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm stumbling now. No, 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 sorry, sorry. I started off great, and now I feel like a, um, so, um, and that's been sort of my experience throughout my life where I've had these opportunities to, to do things socially, uh, you know, and, I've been able to find, and my family's been able to find a lot of good programs 
for people with disabilities, but a lot of the staff and a lot of the people around me have, have been white. So in a way, and this may sound kind of funny or, or you know, just kind of strange, but in a way, I kind of, I you know, as a result, like I, I've ended up like getting a lot of like sexual, uh, I, I've ended up getting a lot of like positive response from white people <laughs> rather than my own race. So do you, um, and I mean, I guess the reason why I'm asking that question is because would you, do you think that the, the black community has, has, would you prefer to be in, in spaces where you could both be black and disabled to kind of be sexualized? I guess what I'm asking. Um, you know, that that's an interesting question. I really don't know because to be honest, that's never been my experience. So I don't, I don't know what I prefer. Um, I'm so used to being, um, given the, um, the experiences that have come into my life, um, th- they've all been around, around a lot of white people. And I have a lot of white friends. Um, but that's a, that's a very interesting question. I guess at a certain point, you know, I, I would want to, um, I would, I wish that I could have an opportunity to hang out with, with, uh, with more African Americans more because that, that would make me more confident to be able to, uh, approach or, or speak to, uh, more African American women, because in a way, because I'm not around a whole lot of them outside of my family, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I would say honestly, I'm more shy around, um, my, I'm, I'm more shy around black than than I am white because most of my social opportunities have been around white people. Right. I I just don't I don't I don't know how you could be shy because I've seen I saw hey I saw those clips yesterday of you rocking out with people so you the idea that you're shy boggles my mind because you were like the star of the party at the, all, of all the clips that I saw yesterday so and also you're awesome so but I get it I'm also shy and awkward so I totally um I mean in terms of shy so. Um, what, what I mean by shy is you're right. Like I am by nature, I'm a very outgoing person. And, you know, growing up, I was always called the social butterfly. What I meant by terms of being shy, of when it's time, like when I really like somebody and like when I'm developing a crush or feelings for them, it may take me a while to approach them and say, you know, I have feelings or whatever, or, you know, I, I really like you. Uh, because I, when I get those feelings, um, and I don't mean to, it's it's not that I want to, but for some reason, what I mean by shy is like, so if I have affectionate feelings towards somebody, for some reason, 
my brain shuts down <laughs> and all and all articulation just leaves my mind. So that's what I mean by uh that that's what I mean by um being shy. It's like for instance when I was younger coming up in, in middle school and in elementary school and stuff, if I liked a girl, it took me like in some cases I remember in one in one particular situation I waited like an entire school year to ask um this girl out all the way up until the very last day of school. Oh no and, and that wasn't my plan, but every time I tried to or that I wanted to, like every muscle in my stomach would get tight and I felt like I was gonna throw up and I'm like well, you don't want to throw up on the girl, so try tomorrow. And then, then one thing led to another, and then you realize that it's like it's like six or nine months later, and then you haven't done it. So that's what I meant by shy. In other ways, I'm completely open. There hasn't been a person that I haven't met that I want to be my friend. Uh, I love humanity. And, uh, like, one of the things I have a very easy time with is fostering friendships. Like, there's something that I'm really good at. But when it comes to the other side of, when it comes to being romantic, that's a little bit, that's a little bit more challenging for me. Yeah, but I feel like deep down underneath all that stuff, I feel like there's a romantic, uh, there's, a, there's a hopeless romantic underneath all that stuff there. That's what I feel like from watching your stuff and even talking to you a little bit right now. I know that underneath all that stuff, there's a definite, a hopeless romantic underneath all that stuff. So ladies hit up AJ. And when you get this, when you hear this interview, hit him up on the social medias because definitely because, because, uh, because we got somebody here who needs some, some loving. And I feel like anyway, you'll hear more of the awesome interview that we're going to do just now, but think about it. Think about it. Um, that was a weird segue. I'm going to move now to another question I had and get out of that weird segue that I just tried to do, which failed. Uh, but so in one of the clips I watched of you yesterday, and I love this clip because it reminded me of a clip that I did for a doc that I was in. You and I have both been in documentaries where we were naked and having showers in front of the camera. So I felt Which I love bond. your doc, by the way. Say again? I love your doc, by the way. One more time. I, which I love your doc, by the way. The only thing I would say, like, it was totally awesome. The only criticism I have is I just wanted, I wanted more. I know. I when they, so when they, more. When they cut it to 33 minutes, I was like, no, it needs to be longer. Um, uh, but in, in your doc, so we both had shower scenes together in our docs, in our respective docs. Both of us were naked for the camera, so I feel... A camaraderie with you right there, right at that moment. I was like, yep, I did that too. I know what that's like. Um, yeah. And so in that scene, uh, as a queer man, the guy who was watching you, I was like, can, can I be his friend? I'll be his friend. What's his name? Can we figure something uh, out? So, uh, but in, in that scene, you talk about creating intimate bonds with people through care. And you talk about the importance of, in that scene where you're talking about that, He's washing you, and you're talking about being naked, and you're talking about how most people, have, more people have seen you naked than you can realize. And I'm wondering, 
and I've talked about the, the importance of intimacy and care before, but I'm wondering, like, when you said that, I, I fell in love with your character in that scene with so much more. I was like, wow, we have a bond. Awesome. I want to be his best friend. Um, and I said three or four times throughout watching your doc, I was like, can we be the best of friends? Like, why don't, why aren't we friends? But in, in watching mm -hmm. that, I was wondering, like, what does intimacy mean to you as a disabled man? Well, for me, the re the reason why I said that is because for me, when I think of it in terms of like if you're working with somebody or if you're friends with somebody that's giving you very intimate care, such as undressing you or or washing you or bathing you, it's kind of hard. And this is this is only like I. I know that everybody is not like me, um, so this is only like this is only based on my experience. But for me, and I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard not to be or not to find some connection with a person that's going to be like washing your balls, washing your behind or your tape. Like you know, like or, or your balls. Hang like, on, so, did you just say taped? Because that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that was not what I was expecting, and that's awesome. And oh my goodness, yeah. But I agree with you. It's, you have to build this connection. So like, in that doc you sent to me when I watched it, did you and this guy did you know each other before you had been paired up, or was it just? Well, so in the doc, um, we so actually. So the, the doc talks about this specific movie camp that we go to, but actually I met uh, I met Amir a couple months prior because I was actually uh, um, Zeno also has a summer camp, and so I met him at I met him a couple months before, <laughs> and so I knew him before, but prior to to that very first camp that we went to, um, I didn't know him. Um, wow, because, I mean, the way you got, I, the way it seems how quickly the two of you bonded, for, at least from the little clips of the film, I was immediately, because that, that's happened to me before, too, where somebody watches your balls and you're all of a sudden become friends because, like, you have to. And so the way you two connected, like, how, like, do you feel like you have a stronger obviously relationship with your caregivers right now because like that's how they like they, like you've had they've had to see you naked and do all those things do you feel like you could create a level of intimacy like that with the partner eventually is that kind of the like do you want would you want an intimate partner to be like hey let's shower together or is that something you would be i i mean i i hope so this is what i think about all the time is like um i Oh man, I just lost my train of thought. What I was gonna say was, um, I, like, I the only, you know, I want things that, like, every couple has, like, like I wanna um, be sexy and saucy with the partner in the bathroom showering. The the only thing that I don't want that I think about all the time. And I don't know if you thought about this before or did a show on it. Is like I'm very cognizant of like when I eventually get a partner, like I like I want my partner to be 
my intimate partner and lover, but I don't want my partner to be my caretaker because yeah. I don't want my partner to get now. Now, in some ways, because of like the back and forth of our lives, sometimes, in some ways, by default, by default, maybe in some ways, you know, they would have to be. But overall, like I don't, I, I really want my lover and my life partner to be my lover and life partner. I don't want them to be sort of fall into the default position of being my caretaker. Um, that's something that I think, that's something that I think about a lot. Yeah. And so of course, in a, in a saucy situation, if we're, if we're going to be intimate, have a sex time, I might say, Hey baby, you know, you want to get in the, the shower, you know, or like let's clean each other off or like, you know, or I think about that, um, uh, Teddy Pendergrass when he said, let's, Let's take a shower together, and then <laughs> and then and, and then I'll, I'll rub your back with some balls or something. But as far as like um, my partner being my caretaker, I'm gonna be adamant that my partner is is my lover and my partner, not my caretaker. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of us with disabilities struggle with that because, in some aspects, they have to be your caretaker. Like, in some ways that they have to and like i've discovered that because i was like you a couple years ago and now you'll see when you start meeting people who do your care you you'll find ways to make the care sexy and playful and it's it changes as you start doing it more you'll see um but i i definitely understand the fear of like because you don't want to be it's all tied into the idea that you're going to be too much right yeah yeah like I remember seeing, um, and it's it just who I am because, um, you know, it's just who I am because also, too, like, even because you think of, like, someone being your caretaker and you think of it in terms of a lot of work. And sometimes, I mean, you know, the older I get, the, the more you learn. And I am aware about all the things that caretakers go through and that, that there is caretaker burnout plus i don't know about you but i worry about like i know we're gonna get into things about like my chronic pain but i worry about like if somebody i worry about like if somebody is like if i go to the restroom and if, if my lover is turning me over to to <laughs> wipe the feces up from behind later on are they gonna wanna um if they're doing that if they're wiping my behind later on are they gonna wanna tap it you know oh my god this is, a, like, this is so, a fear i have every single day so i fully appreciate and i understand i'm with you one million percent about the fear of that because Nobody wants nobody wants mud butt when you're trying to think about getting nobody want nobody nobody is all about that I I I, I understand yeah and like what if I have an intimate moment and then like get, getting it on and then your partner thinks about well I just I just really like wiped a major turd from his behind and he doesn't look I'm not feeling sexy right now and so you you go into the territory of like you know, of just making sure that 
you can still I for me I don't have this experience, but I think it would be hard to be a caretaker. Especially well, it depends because I know at different level each and every one of us have uh different levels of care. For me I have significant physical needs and like so I need help with everything. So I, I need help with all my major bathroom needs and all my personal needs so yep high five I, for that I, high five to that yeah, so i would just i would just i remember and i apologize if it's like i'm rambling you may want to oh like, no no dude, i'm not cutting this it's all this is all good uh, this is this is perfect so ramble away I, enjoy i remember seeing um an interview a couple years ago. I think it was a 2020. It was somewhere. And it was about this guy that had an accident. And like he ended up. He ended up paralyzed. And he needed a lot of. Um, he he had. Significant impairment. And he needed help with just about everything. And so his girlfriend. Because she loved him. She naturally fell into the the this she naturally fell into the caretaker role and to, but to make a long story short and she didn't mean to but because he needed so much care and because she naturally fell into the role eventually and she loved him very much but eventually they broke up because she was like to be honest like I stopped seeing him as a partner and I started seeing him as somebody that needed my my care yeah and so that seeing that interview seeing that show really really stuck with me and I, i'm just the i'm just the kind of person naturally anyway the thing that i think about all the time is it, it doesn't really necessarily matter you're disabled if you you know sometimes um even if you're disabled like a man is still a man and we still have egos, and because of the because of our society, you know, we still want to do the right thing and 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 be the caretakers. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I imagine like if I have a partner, you know, I want to go, "How's your day?" and I, and I want to rub her back, and I want to I want to like make her relax. And could you imagine like having challenging doing that? If you're the one that needs significant care, yeah, totally. And I think I think it's hard to to think about those fantasies when the reality of disability is always there. So I get it totally. Um, I also wanted to ask you in in seeing the clips of you yesterday, and one of the things that that struck me right away in watching the stuff that I was watching to get to do my research on you was you mentioned that you have a lot of disability related <laughs> pain and chronic pain here, here let me start it again so i'm gonna start that one again because because you coughed and then i coughed and it's the whole thing <laughs> let me start again so aj you mentioned that you have a lot of chronic pain in your day-to-day life because of disability and i can understand that because i have similar pain or or types of pain like that around CP and disability and the wheelchair and all that stuff. How does that affect you and your personality? And how does it affect, how do you think that might affect your sexuality? Um, 
this is something I think about a lot because I know, you know, through the years, um, it's it's changed because certainly when I was younger, I was always, you know, as you get older, you know, when you're an adolescent, you always uh, struggle with pain. Um, You know, I've always been in pain, but as I've gotten older over the years, the pain has just like increased and gotten more heavier. Um, and I think as far as the personality change, you know, um, I've always, especially when I was younger, even now, like I'm still the same person, but it definitely has changed. Like I was always really positive and like I was, I always, um, I always had a smile on my face. As a matter of fact, I smiled so much. Even when I was waking up in the morning, my mom was saying, like, why are you always smiling? Because I was always smiling, and I always had, I always had like, positive things to say, and I just didn't let things get me down. And But over the years, though, as, like, this, as, like, my joint pain has increased, and because of arthritis and, and, and spasticity, like, it just, like, and as the pain increases, like, uh, there have been times where, and I think I talk about this a little bit in a doc or my mom, mentions it, like, sometimes, you know, me for it to happen, but over time, in subtle ways, like, the pain can just sort of, like, turn your personality and, like, so there are times where I've been really down and, and really depressed, um, sometimes, um, um, when I didn't handle, when I don't handle it so well, like I get really angry and I'm not in a good mood and I don't really want to get in my chair. I'm like, to be honest, like when I'm in pain, like it really, um, I'm in less pain when I lay down. Yeah. I'm in more, I'm in more pain when I'm up. But in order to engage in life and to participate in the game of life, you got to be up and you got to be engaged. Um, but there, there are times where, especially I'm like, um, and me and my mom kind of battle because she wants me to be up and to be healthy. And of course, you know, I don't want to get pneumonia. Like, because if you lay down too much, you can get pneumonia, which I have. And, and so sometimes I'm like, mom, if I'm not going to be doing anything today besides watch TV, can I just lay down? But my mom is very diligent in, like, having me get up. And and then, um, you know, I might feel better. But as it relates to, like, my sexuality and dating, I get very, I, I get very, very concerned because sometimes unconsciously, even without noticing it, my mom will tell me um, sometimes the pain is because really to be honest, like I'm in so much pain. Like sometimes I'm in pain from the time I, I wake up in the morning to the time I go to sleep. And sometimes like I don't mean to be because I'm, I'm a happy person, but sometimes I just have this sharp grimace look on my face. Like, I'm so angry all the time. And sometimes my mom had to give me the reminder. She was like, you look upset. And I'm like, I didn't even realize. But it's because, like, my joints and my specificity and over the years, because I, 
Because like me and you, I don't know if you struggle with the same thing, but me and you sit down all day. So over time, like yeah, I've developed like a lot of sciatica problems. I mean, my ass like really, really hurts all the time. So um, I like one of the things I get really concerned about is like a lot of my friends and a lot of women that may be around me, like they're very aware that I'm in chronic pain. So with the combination of being in a wheelchair, having CP, and chronic pain, I'm like, wow, this really doesn't look sexy at all. And it doesn't look advertising. It doesn't look, you know, it's not a great advertising for a relationship. <laughs> not only do I have CP, not only do I have significant needs, but I'm in chronic pain. Yay. Isn't that sexy? So sometimes I get very concerned. Like, am I gonna, am I gonna, am I gonna land in a relationship? Because not only do I have CP and can't walk, but I have significant pain. Yeah, um, and I mean, I was listening to you say that there, and you said that lying down, you feel better. So the advertisement could be, "Hey, come lie down with me, and let's see what." You know, you, you could make it. It could be. It could be really. You could use the fact that sitting up hurts for you, as a selling point to be like, "Hey, wanna, <laughs> wanna like lie down and watch a show, and then maybe like, well, something will happen." Like you could make it really sexy and sensual, and like you could play with oh, the idea thank that you. you could play with that idea more. I think. Well, I, I need you. Well, sometimes I know you're busy and you got a lot of podcasts to do. But whenever you're not doing it, can you be? Can we? Can you be my wingman? Or I can do that. Some I, mean, I, need I, mean, some, I need some ideas for you. I mean, man. I can throw out some ideas for you. We can do that for sure. I mean, I mean, I suck dick for fun, but I mean, I can, I can be. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> I can be your queer cripple wingman friend. Sure, I'm hey, happy man. to do that. That's awesome. Um, but I think you. I think. You really have like a really funny sense of humor, and I think you could play with the idea that you can't sit up for long periods of time. Because I mean, when you're fucking somebody, what do you do? You're, what are you doing? Usually, you're lying down. So you could really play with the chronic pain side of it and make it more yeah. of a sexy selling point, maybe if you wanted to. Uh, thank you. You are giving me some ideas. That I am going to start Im- imploring. So oh, I mean, we can certainly we. <laughs> I have tons of ideas we can play with. Uh, what I wanted to ask you though about all that stuff, I'm gonna skip a question and ask you one that I have here that I. So, what do you think makes you sexy, AJ? What do you think? What like what is when you look at your when you look at your life and all the things you go through with CP and and disability and living as a disabled black man and all those things what which i think all those things are awesome and sexy but for you what do you think is sexy well physically you mean as far as me or in terms all of, of it all the, all of it together well i think i'm gonna start off and be positive if I'm a, i think for for me um i think um i have a very attractive face um and I I have a good smile and on on the non-physical side I, I think that that um 
I think I'm a very warm person. I think I'm very, I'm very honest. And I think I've been told that I, uh, I've been told that, uh, I, I, I've been told that I'm a, I'm a Southern gentleman. I spent a lot of time, I was raised in the South and my family's from the North. I'm, I'm in North right now, but I've been told that I'm a gentleman. So I, I really look at those things as positive. Like when I, when I'm with a woman, I'm, I'm gonna, you, you're gonna feel, um, you're gonna feel heard and you, you're gonna feel very respected. That's hot. That's we go out. Um, so everybody should hit him up because not only is he a famous actor, which we'll get to later, he he's been on the coolest disability shows out there. Look, oh my goodness. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. You on Drunk History made my life. Okay, when I saw that it was, I, I downloaded it because my Twitter blew the fuck up when that came out. So I immediately was like, oh my god, I have to see who's in it. And I know, I know uh, Ali Stroker a little bit. We've talked a little bit, and I know, uh, I know of Zach Anner. We've never talked, but like we know of each other. Um, and then I saw you, and I was like, oh my god, sauce! <laughs> and I was just like, that's yeah. amazing. So I, and then I haven't watched your speech this episode yet, but I was like, oh my goodness, like I know people on that show, like that's amazing. One of my friends writes for them. It's just awesome that you have been able to give it all the stuff that, and I, I don't mean this to sound weird and ableist and condescending, but I do think, given all the stuff we just talked about, how how you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna go do this, I'm gonna do this thing, and this is what I want to do, and I'm gonna like, I'm this is what I'm doing, and I think it's really one of the things that I think is really sexy about you, just as as a colleague and as a friend, is that you're like, I like to see a black disabled man who's like, I want to be an actor. When the fuck do we ever see that? Never. So to know that that's something you want to aspire to is really, I mean, I think, I think really you'd be one of the first out there who's like doing it with, you know, with CP and a man of color. And I think, I think that ambition and I think the ambition you have to make this a reality for yourself and, and given the, the small amount of time you've been doing it, the 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 level of kind of acclaim you've gotten doing it, like speeches is a big fucking deal. If I could get a, yeah. if I could get on that show, I'd lose my mind. So I gotta say I'm really proud to just be talking with you about this stuff because you're a trailblazer, man, and I, I appreciate that about you. Yeah, thank thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> one thing and then it like I can think of one thing and it's surrounded by many other things. But the first thing I think of is I just have so much gratitude. I just have so much gratitude and I, I'm so thankful um, for the people that support me. I'm so thankful for, um, I'm so thankful that I have, and I've, someone I shared this, you can appreciate this too, um, because I was watching your doc and I was um, really thinking about your amazing mom, and I don't know if this would be too much to say, but I don't know if you would agree, but the the moms, and I'm not discounting dads at all because they only did it to you, but the moms really hold down 
our dis- disability community. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I totally and, agree and with the, that. And, with that, for sure. And your mom, whose hand I think I just saw like two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is, she's 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 awesome. And so when I saw that clip of your mom in your doc. Uh, I was like, oh my God, it's so similar to mine. And I'm glad that like we, I think the parents of kids with disabilities, um, when they get older and we start talking about this stuff, and actually this conversation is a great segue to my next question. Uh, you and your mom, you, we hear from your mom in the film and have you and your mom ever talked really about sexuality and disability? Um, I know in the film you talk a little bit about you talking with her about porn, which is never a comfortable conversation with your mom. How did that come about? Tell me that story. Yeah, well, it's just like my mom, and when it comes to the dynamics between me and my mom and talking about sexuality, I just want to say that it it might be surprising, but actually my mom is is a lot more liberal about the conversation and a lot more easy about the conversation than I am. It's me that's uptight and be like, Mom, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about to your mom about watching porn and stuff, but you know, my my mom, like, one year, um, like, I think I turned, it was either 16 or 18, and of course it was a joke, but she was like, she was working third shift, and she called me on my birthday at midnight. And then she was like, uh, "Do you want me to? Do you want me to go out and get someone for you? Meaning, like, you know, like a worker." Or she was like, "Do, do you want some?" Uh, do you? I'm like, my mom's the kind of mom to be like, you know, you're so stressed out and you're so tight. You need some booty, sir. Like my mom would tell me things like that, and like so. When it, when it comes to conversation, I don't know about your mom, but when it comes to conversation and sexuality, um, I'm a lot more nervous. And oh my goodness, get- me too. My mom, once you get her talking about it, she's fine. I, and I, I've had my mom on the show and she's awesome and we've talked about it, but like, even before doing that, I was so nervous to talk to her about my sex life and now I'm like, yeah, mom, seeing this person and this is happening or I did this and blah, blah, but it's so... It's so awesome to know that both our parents, and I, I, I think it's really cute that your mom was like, "Hey, do you want me to, uh, want me to call over like a stripper? Do you want me to like get somebody to like come over and, and give you a booty shake?" Like, I think it's cute that, no, I, I don't mean cute in a condescending way. I mean like I think it's important yeah, yeah, yeah. that your mom understands that this is a part of your reality, and so props to your mom. Props to your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's. She's always been like very, um, very open to me because she she knows that like, you know, we're grown and, and we're human and I'm a man and we have natural desires. It's always been kind of, it's always, it's always been kind of hard, not from, not in my mom's perspective or from, not from my mom's perspective. But it's always been hard for me to sort of um, navigate my own sexuality because because when I think of sexuality, I think of like I think of privacy, and I I think of like your sexuality 
being, um, I, I think of your sexuality being shared, or I, I think of, in terms of sexuality, I think of, my words are getting twisted. I think your sexuality should be shared with who you want to share with, but in terms of like things you might want to look up or explore, you should be able to do it yourself. And so, as it relates to my physicality, it's very hard trying to navigate that because I need so much help because I have so much significant limitation that it's hard to um, express my sexuality. <laughs> right. If, if, if you know what I mean, I know I'm doing a lot of long speak. I apologize for that. No, I got it. I got <laughs> it. So, to... so because of you, you were just just to recap, uh, because of your physicality, <laughs> it's harder for you to like express your sexuality, and so you feel like your sexuality is a private thing because you can't physically express it as often as you might want to. Yeah, um, like, um, in terms of, like, parents, like, I know that if I was completely open with it, and if I was fine with sharing with my mom the things that I get into, I know that she would probably, like, type type in porn for me. But for me, because I think, I think sexuality should, I think sexuality is a private thing, and it's public if you want to, it to be public to whoever you want to share it with, and because, because, like, right now, my mom is my only one caretaker, like, it's kind of hard to say, like, I mean, could you imagine saying, like, mom, could you, like, I don't know if you are, because you seem to be very open, and very, like, like very open but I don't know if you could say like mom could you like pull up this porn for me like I'm not there yet <laughs> me and my mom me and my mom are very close we're very close yeah and I do my mom and I are close too but I don't know if I could be like hey mom I want to jerk off to this porn over here do you think you could just put it on for me and then leave the room for 20 minutes bye like I don't know yeah and and so that's always been the great the great challenge is like and like when it comes to like roadblocks with me expressing or exploring, because a lot of times um, my mom's in the caretaker or or other other people in my family being, and I, I when it comes to my sexuality, it's not that I'm guarded, but I'm very um, I I'm very. Uh, Do you think you're scared uh, of what other people think, think about you having a sexuality? Yeah, especially with, um, especially with, you know, like, I'm, I want to explore a lot, especially with particular fantasies. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, you're into this? Or like, you know. That, I want to, I want to get, uh, to, I want to get your fantasies in a minute though, because I have, I have, I want to know what makes you like, get off. <laughs> but um, before, okay. but I I do have a question about um. In one of the scenes of one of your docs, that I watched yesterday, it really made me think. You were sitting around the camp, the the film camp you go to. Which, by the way, sign me the fuck up. I want to go to this camp because holy shit, I we would have so much fun. So uh, we would, we would. 
I will reach out to the people and be like, hey, I'm in Canada, but let's figure shit out. But um, you say to the to you're hanging out with these these dudes at this camp, and you're talking about they're talking about like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this, and would you want to do this? And you're kind of you said something like, oh, I've never I've never done that, and I remember I the, they shot your face, and the look on your face was like. I've never done that, but I'm I'm afraid to tell you that I haven't, and I'm scared of what you think. And then they cut away to the, like the dudes, and then the scene changed. But when you were talking to these guys about, like, when you were broing down with these dudes and talking about your experiences, can you kind of talk more about that and what that, like, what it was like talking to guys about stuff you wanted to do and knowing that that you hadn't yet? Yeah, yeah. I think that they were just trying to. <coughs> make it relatable to me um but but i i like for instance and i'll just be really real right now it's it's getting a little bit better because i'm i'm working a little bit more so i'm able to save up a little bit more and like have like a little bit more of my own finances not that it's all about finances but for the longest time I felt like I re- I really can't date because because like I don't have right now being honest and completely transparent transportation is a big deal for me right and finances is a big deal for me and to be completely honest like if I were and I don't mean to like make a general generalization but if I were in high school or middle school, perhaps these circumstances wouldn't be a big deal. But come on, Andrew, me and you are both um, around the same age, like 35 or so. And, like, most, if you, if you meet someone and if you're looking for a serious relationship, most people want to go out and, like... Have a drink and, and like, go to the bar. Yeah, and going to have a drink or, like, or like go to the bar, or you might go to a concert, or you might, you know, and right now, you know, and it's not like, it's not my fault, but right now, I'm not in a situation where I can um, do that independently, not right now. And I mean, I'm, and and correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know, but I'm guessing you're on SSI then? Yes, I'm on SSI. Hopefully, working towards um, getting completely off one day if I get more and more acting roles. Yeah, so. but I mean, living on SSI and then not having access to, like, even if you did have a ton of money, having access to your own car and your own vehicle, and then also, you know, you'd have to pay for your PCA and your caregiver and all those things. So the idea that you could just jump in a car and go to a bar and meet somebody isn't, you know, doesn't isn't just isn't possible. Yeah, and, and, like, for me, that, I mean, that scene was very challenging because not put, not putting anyone on it, but I, I know that it would just be, be I know that it would just be very positive, but for, but for the age that we're at, and I was, <coughs> at the time, at the time that we shot that doc, I was um, 29. Um, and I, I know that the guys were trying to be positive and, and try to give me 
a different prison to look into, you know. They were saying for the most part, all you do is talk on the phone. Well, excuse me, guys. You may do that in the very beginning, but for the most part, and at the age that we're at, like, most women, not girls, but women are just not going to talk to you over the phone constantly. They're going to want to see you. They're going to want to go out and um, at the time, and, uh, like, I don't, like, live on my own yet. I still live with mom, and, um... And I mean, sorry, I, I, sorry, I, I mean like, you live with your mom because of um, the needs and of what, of what you need. So it could, would also be really hard, I think, to explain to a prospective partner like, hey, baby, uh, I want to come over to my place. But um, P.S. My mom lives here and I live in my like if you are a non-disabled person and you said, hey, babe, I live with my mom. Her reaction would be, oh, uh, cool. I'm going to go over here. And so like. How do you think you would explain to a potential partner, like, I got, I got to live with my mom because of disability? Like, that's really hard to make that sexy. Well, I think, honestly, like, I, I've i sort of not given up on it, but as far as dating right now, honestly, like, I don't pursue it because I'm not in the most independent position right now. Because to be honest, and maybe you could help me, maybe you have friends and we could talk offline, but to be honest, I haven't, so I haven't had a dating experience yet, but even if I did, I think about all the time, how would I navigate, I, like it's something that I, it's my biggest dream in my life to date and have a partnership to eventually get married, but honestly, even if I had that opportunity, I honestly don't know how I would which I, I really don't sound like a good selling point right now. But to be honest, I don't know how I would navigate it uh, because um, things are getting better for me. Like, I, I do. Um, I do earn. Like, I am working now. I, you know, along with a few acting jobs that I got, I do consulting work. I'm working on... Um, a, a doc right now, so I am employed, but it's still very hard to navigate right now because um, my mom is my PTA, and we don't, I don't have independent transportation. And so, yeah, so like, I think I think it's important for listeners to note that all the things like finding a relationship when you don't have that kind of independence. And obviously, your mom and you are great, and that's fine and awesome. But when trying to find that independence, especially I think as a man, and all of the all of the uh, things we have around masculinity and our independence and blah blah, all those things, realizing that you can't just pop in a car and go meet somebody because of disability, I think that can be really challenging. And I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think people think about like in that little clip that I, we were talking about. You, like I was sitting there watching you, and your face said, your face, you didn't say anything because you were being polite, but your face said, like, fuck, if I had the money, if I had the resources, if I had the way to do it, don't you think I would do it? Like, don't you think I would be out there by now doing it? Yeah, and, like, sometimes, and to be honest, it's like, you know, and I have a lot of good friends um, and I don't know if you've experienced this as well. 
I, I love everyone and I have a lot of everybody friends, but at certain times in certain situations, because I've had a lot of conversations, uh, several different iterations of conversations, and a lot of my everybody friends will come to me about dating or just getting on a dating app or a website, and I'm like, guys, I'm not trying to be super negative, but it's not that simple. Yeah. Um. Um. And sometimes, and I'm not trying to say that that everything is through. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that everything is a, is about my disability, but when it comes to dating, there are significant challenges that, frankly, my able-bodied friends can't really really grasp. So, like, I, I'm curious. Um, like, do you try to when they when they bring these like ableist ideas of just hop on hop online and do like do this and like when they bring these ideas to you do you feel a responsibility to educate them or are you like fuck i don't want to like know yeah like sometimes i wish i had like like a fuck attitude but the way my disposition is like i'm you know to sometimes it's very helpful but to sometimes and maybe to my detriment and stress, but I feel like I have to be explainer in chief. So I explain everything. Where my mom is the complete opposite. She's like, you know, my mom is like, you know, you don't have to explain yourself. Just be like, F it. I like, but that's my mom's attitude. But, <coughs> but I'm different because, and I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I have to explain a lot. To my to people, yeah, and I mean, I, I I I'm starting to become less of an explainer. I mean, like, if you want to find out about this, like, listen to listen to episode one through twenty seven of my podcast, and I want to tell you better. Like, like, if you really want to know what I'm feeling, listen to my stuff instead of me constantly having to be like, okay, friends, let me educate you on this. I'm like, there's a there's a back catalog of things I've said or like yeah. things I've done where I don't have to constantly educate and I think your mom has a point of like it's really emotionally tiring to be the one to always be like and I'm going to explain this so I think there's a gift but I, I understand the urge to explain so that people will feel immediately comfortable with you um, I did want to ask you about you talk a little bit about in the in the doc about sex your experiences with sexual with sexual surrogacy can you yeah. share a little bit more of that with us? And like, obviously, you don't have to sure. tell the whole thing, but tell um, what. Sure, sure. Like, I'll, 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 um, whatever, whatever you want me to explain. I'm an open book about this. What do you want to? What I do you want to tell? I love talking about this. I, I, I love talking about this, and um, so do you want me to just explain my experience and what I went through? Yeah, I mean, because I just, the, the last episode the listeners heard was my review of the sessions, actually, which totally touches on sex surrogacy. And so I immediately was like, I want to ask him about that because did you have a similar experience to the movie or was it totally different? Right, right. Well, my, it's kind of interesting because when I went through my surgery experience and my people that I went through, uh, my surrogate that I went through the experience with, she was like, it's great for being a movie and, you know, I, I like it for what it is. 
but but that's the movie you know is kind of not what it is they definitely uh, uh, sped up the process and there were some things about surrogacy that the movie didn't really explain so and that was my surrogate uh, that was my um, surrogate's um, explanation of the movie but I was certainly I was inspired to explore explore surrogacy <laughs> because because of the sessions. Um, I, I wasn't able to, I didn't hear, um, I'm trying to remember, did I hear the review or not? I can't remember, but I don't know about you, but as far as the movie decisions, it was one of those movies where for the first time, and I don't know if you ever had an experience like this, have you ever watched a movie and even though you know it's a movie, you feel like it's your experience. Oh yeah, 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 for like sure. Looking and staring at you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. When I first saw the sessions, that's what I was like, "Oh my god, this is my, this is me!" Like you know, I, I totally get this character. Um. Yeah. So the whole time I, I saw the sessions. I saw it with a group of. I saw it with a group of friends of mine, and it was, it was from that's what I wanted to do. I was celebrating my thirtieth birthday, and I was like, I, I really want to see this movie, and I don't regret it. But I would just say the whole time, I was, I don't know, maybe just me. I'm kind of outing myself as a geek, but the whole time, my heart was pounding. Like I was really nervous because I was like, oh my god, even though this is a fictitious movie. And this guy is is white and he's Catholic and and he's not he, really disabled. Yeah, he, he has and the character has polio. I could totally relate to to what he's going through. And so the whole time, um, I was nervous and my heart was pounding. I even got emotional at a certain point. And I so I saw the movie and I was expressing to my friends that I really wanted to do this cartoon. There was another friend of mine who saw the movie and she was like, um, so I saw the movie and it was great. And what do you say? I think it's time for it to happen. So I was in California and that same friend of mine that you see in the movie, that's my caretaker. Yeah. He knew, he knew a sex therapist and that sex therapist introduced me to a surrogate and I know that I'm I'm being kind of long so no 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 we got hey hey this I love this feel free to just go so I went to I had a consultation and I was I was explaining why I I wanted a surrogate and I I just want to your surrogates I just want to let your listeners know um, that the reason why I chose surrogacy versus prostitution is I don't judge one way or the other. For me personally, and I made an assumption that maybe it's the wrong assumption, but I made the assumption, I was like, for me to see a prostitute or a sex worker, 
I had the I had the impression or the assumption that you should know you have to know exactly what you want. <laughs> and for me, even though sex is something that I've always wanted and like I've always desired and I was definitely ready, the idea of and I don't know if you had this experience, but the idea of being sexual, even though I'm a young man and it's something I always wanted and desired, the idea of being intimate was a very fearful thought. For me, there's a lot of fear around, like I'm a normal American male, but on the other side of it, there's a lot of fear around sexuality and having sex. So I thought the, the best solution for me, because I'm figuring with a sex worker, you know, you have to know, you have to be like, you know, I want this and I want that. And to be honest, even though, like, I had these desires, frankly, I, I don't even know. I didn't even know how to express, could we do this or could we share this? So I thought the best process for me would be surrogacy. Um, so I go through the process, and the one thing that I would say from my experience that's different from the movie is you get the impression from the movie that they they basically get down right away, and she gets naked right away. For me... I was, so I went through a two-week program, and basically, um, so, and then I also, I had to, before I even got to, like, even, like, deal one-on-one with surrogate, I had to talk <laughs> I had to talk with, um, I had to do talk therapy because along with you going through this process of discovering yourself and your sexuality and while you're having sex, there's a lot that you're going to be processing. So they want you to have therapy. And I also had to, um, that's really cool though, the therapy part. I think therapy before, I think. Therapy before the sex is so key, and I think we all should do that before we have sex with anybody. And I also had to talk with, um, there was, um, so the program that I went to, that I, I went through a, pro, a program, and uh, the program director's name was Shy, and he was a guy, and he was considered my mentor. And so before you even get started with surrogacy, you kind of talk about, like, what sex is to you and what intimacy means with you. And then you process and talk about different things that you're going to go through. And there, there are different stages of it. So at first, like, so I met with my surrogate, and her name was, was Lauren. And, you know, you go through 
um, a series of exercises. They're called Sensate Focus. And basically what it is, like, for example, she may touch my head and rub my head for five minutes. Yeah. And then after the five minutes are up, I do the exact same thing to Lori. This is a process. It's called Sensate Focus Therapy. And the process is for so I can learn what this I can learn what this feels like for me how I like to touch and what it feels like for me um and then like for example like and you may do this for days like you come in and like um and to be honest like I felt like it was good but it was like a work day because sometimes like I would have um, like four and five hour sessions, whereas like I may have a two hour session with my surrogate, and we would do these exercises, and then I would have like, and then I would have a therapy session where I would process with my therapist and my mentor what I was going through. Whoa, that's a lot. That's like that's like, that's a lot. That's a lot of like deep. Figuring out what it is that you just went through. Yeah, and to be honest, and uh, I mean, the short of it is because it's a long process, and we could probably do another podcast just. Oh on yeah, there's a whole episode about the whole experience right there. Um, but basically, I, I eventually I had sex and we were able to. Explore fantasies, but basically, you don't you don't really do that until like almost like the second week. It's basically because it's a process. Like first, we may do these inside focus exercises where she's rubbing the top of my head, then it goes to the arms, and then like for instance, she may say tomorrow we're going to take our tops off or our shirts. And, like, she may take my top off and massage my back or my chest, and she may take her shirt off. But, like, she'll take her shirt off, but her bra and her pants remain on. But I can touch, like, I can touch her breast with her bra on. I can touch her stomach and massage her back, but her bra will remain on. And so, and then, and so, with all that, like, slow, with all of that, like, slow build up to the, to the sex, did you, did it feel, did you get a sense of like, this is this works for me? Was it what you were looking for, or were you expecting something else? Yeah, like for for me and everybody is, everybody's different because I would talk about it with some of my friends and they're like, well, I don't understand why you need to do all that. Why don't you just get a pro? Why don't you get, why don't you just get a prostitute? But the reason why it worked for me is because it was a layered process about understanding yeah. what, int- what intimacy is and sex for you. It's, it's all about getting in touch with their body 
and how it feels and how you can relate to a partner. Right. And for and for me, because I was, and I, I guess I don't really know for sure. I guess I would have to do some soul searching. But for me, I was always like nervous, like around being naked or being sexual. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that anytime I was naked or, or like it was always because I was getting help from for, my mom for care, with or care, right? Yeah, yeah, with care. For care. And so I think because it was for care, like, and, all, and also because I'm very much, I want to be a gentleman and because it was care, for me, it was kind of hard to, like, turn my sexual being on. It was hard to be sexual. In the beginning, I had to, like, learn how to turn it on because I was so used to like not being sexual or always having to like you know hide it or conceal it or like because oh my god because I don't know if you've been in the hospital and you have to be nervous about like uh, you know what if you know I wake up in the morning and I have an erection or like I remember being very nervous in high school about transferring for therapy around being a teenager because like my PTs and OTs were very attractive and you know they're doing stuff like therapy like massaging your arthritic ass you may get like erected and stuff so I was I had like, a story about that I need to share so when I was a kid I don't know I don't know if I've told this on the show before and if I have I don't care when I was a kid I went to gymnastics class and my gymnastics coaches were really attractive men and their job was to stretch me out so I could do whatever the thing is. And I remember one day, this dude touched my ass for the first time, and he was just doing it. He was doing a, a regular stretch. And I, of course, being a hormonal teenager, was like, well, that feels good. <laughs> Keep doing that. And so then I got a Woody, and I remember being so embarrassed, but also like, but also secretly, like, oh, you like that, right? You you must like that tip. <laughs> like, like trying to figure, uh, trying to figure out if it was cool to be sexual around this person. Did Did he say anything, or was it just kind of those like unspoken? We know what's happening, uh, but I'm not gonna. He say did anything. that thing where he looked at your like he looked at the erection, and we both went, "Well, there it is." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would, but like, and I don't, I had a situation like that for me, but unfortunately, fortunately, because of my curvature and because I was rolled over at the time, she didn't see anything. But I was young, and also I was like in church at the time, so it kind of freaked me out. Oh, you were in church? (laughs) Well, not, not. Not actually when the incident happened, but I was saying like my mindset was like I was in church at the time. Not not really anymore. Like I'm a spiritual person, but not really in the fold like that anymore. But I was 12 years old, and I was having therapy. And fortunately for me, because of my temperature and because I was rolled over, she couldn't see it. But it kind of freaked me out. Like I was like getting a massage on my butt and like she's very retracting and it felt good but I got an erection but it 
like it made me nervous because I was so young. Yeah. And I, I, I also thought that at the time that I was doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and so for a long time, um, like getting them, like, and also too, like I don't know, like you seem to be a very open person, so certain things may not be an issue for you. But I have, um, like, a lot of times I have chronic pain everywhere, but I have a lot of chronic pain, like, in my butt. And a lot of times, like, it's so hard to, like, ask for massages there. Because yeah, because how, the how do you say, like, excuse me, um, can I have an ass massage? Um, hey, hey. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, it's very, it's very hard to, like, it's not the most platonic area. No, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so funny. But I, I have, I have friends. As a matter of fact, like, the camp that I go to, is like, camp is one of the only places where I feel free, where people don't mind doing that for me. So please tell me I you've said to your friends at camp. At one point, you've said, please say, this is true. You've said, hey friends. Can you just give me an ass massage? Like, please tell me that's coming out of your mouth more than once. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Yes, it's, it's kind of the thing there, like, because they know that, like, I sit all day, and like, they kind of know that, like, that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing. Like, can somebody massage AJ's ass? So, so. <laughs> like, that happens here. So, ladies. Camp, so. so, ladies. Another reason why you should date AJ is because. He likes his ass massaged, and yes, I do. And I mean, there's nothing sexier than getting right up in there to make sure that he doesn't have chronic pain. How, how awesome is that? This is another reason why we should all date AJ. Everyone who's listening, yeah, right oh. now. I, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for dating, and, and uh, he's I'm, down I'm for very he's down for multiple ass massages. Everyone, give him a <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a as a matter of fact, um, I don't know if uh, you can edit it out if you want to. But I oh, was, well, because you said that I, I've never. I, I mentioned your your doc, and um, you have a friend. I just want to say, both of your friends, who are the women in the doc, they're very attractive. I will and, let them. Um, I will let them know. One of well, actually, one of them is married with kids, and the other one. Is no is sort of no longer, but I'll let them know that they got some admirers because they 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 were shy about being on film with me for that. So they'll I'll let them know for sure. So so, so let, let me guess if I get the the one the one the the one with the glasses, um the the one that is my shade. She's married, right? She is married, yeah. She's married and got a kid. Oh, but uh, <laughs> so I, I guess like she, even though even if it is platonic, I guess like as massage for her is totally oh out. God. Like she, she would do right it. She would do it for you platonically because she. <laughs> and anybody who's listening, if you've not seen my doc yet, you will soon. I promise. But there's a, my best friend's in the doc, and if you go back to episode forty-four, you'll hear me talk about her. But she's in the doc for a minute. And that's who AJ's referring to. She was my attendant care worker back in the day. She had, she's given me ass massages. So I don't think I was I was hoping she was single. 
But I let me say I was hoping she was single, but I understand why she's not because she's a very, very beautiful, very, very smart, a very funny lady, and that could like she's very intelligent. And I would just like so I feel sad for me, but happy for her husband. Well, I will. <laughs> Tanash, are you listening? Somebody totally would just wanted to get with you because you're so awesome. That's awesome. Um, I don't know how to segue into my next question, but I'm going to just do it because it's awesome. Can you tell me about, in one of the scenes in your in one of the films that I watched yesterday that actually made me cry was when you started to cry about how you felt like you were, yeah, how you wanted to contribute to society and you wanted to feel like you were, like you had worth and then when they, they caught you at a really tough moment, you started to cry. And then I, of course, feeling, having had many of those same feelings myself, um, also cried watching it. What is, what, what was that like for you? And what do you think, how do you feel about being able to contribute to a relationship? Well, um, in that, in that moment, that's how I felt in that moment. Um, you know, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes when I look back on it, like, I was like, man, did I, did I have to say that? Because that sounds really, really sad and kind of dark. Um, but, but as I just, as I just look back on it, that was my honest moment at the time. Um, you know, um, that was a couple of years ago, uh, when I, I wasn't now, let me just say it. The doc thing you saw was filmed in 20, 2012 and 2013. And I'm not saying that I don't deal with those now, cause certainly, you know, it's kind of the ebb and flow. I think when you have disability, like certain, certain times you feel, uh, you do feel a feelings of, oh, why am I here? You know, like, what's the point? Um, am, am I contributing? Uh, but back in that time, things were much, much different for me. Like, I wasn't. Um, you were a celebrity I, I, like you are now. I, yeah, I, I wasn't going to say it like that, but thank you. Um, I wasn't uh, working at the time, and uh, basically, the biggest social outlet in my life was that camp, was Zeno. Um, but when I went home, and even though I had the most awesome love and support from my mom and sisters, but basically, when I went home, I just, like, because of of and see and because of circumstances uh, beyond my control that had to do with like state and like certain types of access, like I didn't have a lot that I was doing outside of that camp. So I would be at home and I sit at I sit at home all day. And the type of even though I'm in a wheelchair. And I, sh- I said this all the time. Um, 
because of the physical conditioning of my body, uh, we should have the mindset of cash potatoes, but I don't. Like, I want to get out there and be amongst the people, and I have things that I want to accomplish, and I want to do work, and I want to be in a relationship, and I want to... If it were to, if it were totally up to me, which is not, you know, this is sometimes God laughs at our plans, but if it were totally up to me, I would be I would be married with a couple kids by now, um, trying to forge my way, and be I would be producing stuff, but it didn't happen that way, and um, so it could still happen that way. I I'm holding out hope for you that given the 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 rise of your of your like I said earlier what you're doing with your work is so important and you are one of the very few black disabled men with disabilities doing that on screen it's so I gotta tell you as somebody who's a who's a white disabled queer man with a lot of privilege <coughs> I gotta tell you seeing you on screen in that drunk history sketch blew my fucking mind I was so proud that they first of all that they I, I'm not sure if they reached out to you or you reached out to them but however that happened I was like this this guy as soon as I saw you I was like I know him that's amazing I was so proud and so I think the dream you have of being married and having a relationship and working you're getting there but I think we as disabled people have to realize that these timelines that we set up for ourselves and these um, arbitrary, like, oh, at this age I should be doing this. At this age I should be doing this. It that's just not a reality because of disability, and it can be really hard to to let to let that go, to divest ourselves of that mythological like timeline. Yeah, one of the things my mom tells me all the time is like to not. Um, to not necessarily, you, you can't get caught up in what other people are doing, or you can, you can't get caught up in time. You know what's for you is for you, and the things that are gonna happen for you are gonna happen when they're supposed to happen. And one of the things I know that I'm I'm trying to get better with is to not get caught up in like, well, <laughs> I'm at this age, I'm supposed to be doing this because I had. When I was much more younger, I had dreams of going like straight out to college, and well, it didn't happen that way, you know. But my mom always told me, you know, to not like, to not like. I can't like judge myself on anybody else's experience. I'm like sometimes I would be down because I'm like my friends ain't college now, and you know they're having these. Not that I was just all caught up in the party experience, but I was like, they're having these parties and uh, and they're getting drunk. I mean, to be honest, like I didn't, like I have a lot more access to stuff now, but I didn't really get, I didn't really like start getting drunk and partying until I was nearly 30. Not that I'm trying to promote like being unhealthy and getting wasted, but what I'm saying is like, <laughs> Sometimes we can have like a little bit of a delay, uh, a delayed experience, but that doesn't mean that like, but that but that does. I've had to like tease myself that that doesn't mean that I'm worthless, or that doesn't mean 
that I missed out on anything. It was just my my time is my time, and what's gonna happen for me is gonna happen for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. And I wish that somebody, I wish that there would be an article or something that talked about our our timeline and how our timeline is different. And maybe, maybe you know, that'll be a podcast episode eventually, or an article that I write or something. Because our I do believe that our timelines are extremely different because of the fact that we have to rely on other people a lot for what we need. And to know that you're 35 and doing what you're doing, most people at your age would never say, I went onto a movie set. I went onto a TV set. I've been, you know, people have seen my face splashed across internationally doing hilarious, like, drunk history. Like, that... And I know I brought it up a bunch of times, but seriously, that sketch was the best thing on TV I've seen for a long time, if not only for disability representation. And, and to know that you were a part of that makes me, like, beyond proud to be talking to you today. Yeah, I mean, that was so, that was so, like, it was, it was history making and um, we were shooting, we were shooting the show. And at the end of the day, it was like the last scene where we were having our rights. They were like, fine, we're going to sign this into law. And we were doing it multiple times, and it must have been the represent the repetition. But I realized, even though it happened in the 70s, I realized the significant way of what that meant for all of us who were disabled and we were doing it multiple times, and um, a couple of us started to get emotional. Oh yeah, I can um, only imagine as we like... were shoot as we were shooting the scene because we had to do that. If you know, which I'm sure you know, but if you know anything about filming or acting, you do it. Um, you you're doing the scenes over and over again. That was a that was um. Uh, that was a twelve. That was a twelve and a half hour day, wow. by the way, but which was totally. I'm not gonna play. It was, it was totally awesome, and I love everything about being on a set. Like, I love it. There's nothing to complain about. Like, I just love all the cameras and the crew. Uh, like everything is awesome. Like all the scenes we did. Shout out to the cast and the crew. I mean, hey, shout out to the creators for even. Shout out to the creators for even doing this episode and highlighting this uh, this part of history. That because the other thing that we were reflecting on in between shooting the scenes was like most of us like were disabled and we also consider ourselves advocates, but we were reflecting on the fact that like not a whole lot of us even knew about this piece of history. Yeah. Um. And I mean, given that we're living in Trump's America. That scene is so poignant for even today. Like it's 2018, and it's like, wow, like basically could be today, and it would be the same thing. Right, right. So it was so like I'll never ever um, forget that that I did that, and it was so awesome too. And also too, like I don't want to be wrong, but somebody on Twitter was saying that like they were excited about too because. That was the first time that they that they saw so many multiple actors 
that were disabled on one show. That's, and there's yeah, so many of us like I'm and and listening audience has totally turned off the podcast now. Just like fuck Andrew, what are you talking about? But but I don't care. It's my show. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. But no, what I'm saying is, I love I loved that you know seeing you there and seeing Zach Anner there and seeing Ali Stroker there and seeing Judy Human there and seeing everybody there who's doing what they were doing to talk about disability over history. Like I was proud. I, I watched that two or three times the day it came out and I cried every single time. So to know you were there again, I've got you about it now five times, but you're awesome. It's, it was, it was I, great. Yeah. It was so, it, I'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never, ever, ever forget it. <laughs> it was so, it was so special to do. Um, it was a it was a long day, but who cares about the hours? Like we 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 were all just bonding over this. <coughs> we were all just bonding over this history, and it was so fun. And um, we got um, my call time was at nine o'clock in the morning, and we got out of there about ten thirty at night. Wow. So, um, yeah, but um. It meant, somebody should do um, a feature. I, I was so moved about it. I was like, somebody should do a feature film or a miniseries about, like, this history. Like, because this is our history. Right? To I, me, mean, just, I mean, so, like, totally, yes, totally. I completely agree. Now, I want to move to, you talk about cameras a lot and your love for cameras and your love for filming. So let's move that into the sexy realm, just for just for like a just for like a little just for like a second. Would you ever consider doing a porn? Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. Not because, not because I judge it. You know, each his own. Like I don't judge like um, adult film artists or actors like that at all. But for me, like. Not necessarily in my politics, but when it comes to dress and being naked and stuff, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of a nerd and like really conservative. Um, Which again surprises me all the time, but okay, I'll believe like, you. Not, not, not like when I say conservative, I don't mean like I'm, a, I'm not a Republican. Not dissing Republicans, but when I say conservative, like I mean like it would be hard for me to. Um, like, you know, be naked or... Do, be, says like, the, guy, so says say, the guy who did a documentary where he was naked in front of... <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but that's, that's... That being naked is different than, like, bumping and grinding and, and popping in bed. But I, I, just, um, I, but I didn't I, know popping was a, was a part of it. Now, thank you for teaching me that. Wow, this... this this whole end of the podcast has gone off on a thousand tangents, and it's amazing. So I'm going <laughs> to... The next tangent that I have for you is, what is your biggest... If you were to think about your biggest sexual fantasy as a disabled person, as what is... Can you tell me that? I... Well, when you... Um, when, when you said that we were going to talk about this, I've been, I've been really thinking about it, because... I've been actually uh, thinking about this a lot, and this is something that I feel comfortable in saying on air. Um, but 
when it comes to, like, I think we were talking about earlier, and I was saying how I have a hard time making romantic connections because a lot of the energy around me is so platonic. Yeah. And the energy around me is so platonic, but that I fantasize about um, being completely... Um, I, you know, and when I say this, I want to preface it by saying, I know that they, they can be a lot of, like, seriousness added to this, and, like, so I don't want to trivialize anything, because I know that, that women have to confront this every day, but with that aside, because I know that that's very serious, but because the energy around me is so platonic, and people, like, their ways to describe me or to interact with me, like I'm always like the inspirational person or the person that's like really no, really like lot people compliment my intellect or they say I'm so wise or like I'm like the hero or like so inspirational. My fantasy is to be completely sexually objectified and oh. I just completely like sexualized like I don't I don't want to I just want somebody like I don't I want like somebody to say or maybe like a group of women to say like I want to be like naked somewhere and I just want like a woman to say or a woman to say it's not about your wisdom and it's not about how you inspire me, and it's it's not about like how smart you are, and it's not about you being my hero. I just I want somebody to look at me like I am a piece of meat. Well, I mean, I, well, I, I mean, I can do that for you, but I don't quite know if it would have the same effect on you that if I, if I did it. <laughs> but here. <laughs> <laughs> but do, but do you know what I mean? I don't know if any I don't know if anybody else shares that. You know, I think you touched on it a little bit in your film when you were talking about like, um, not. I think you talked about it a little bit when you were talking about in terms of being like fetishized. Like, yeah. Sometimes I think about that. Like, but do you know what I mean? Like in terms of like because the energy around me is so platonic non-sensual and very platonic like i have fantasies about like somebody like i would love for somebody to say because nobody has ever said to me like you know i would, I would love for somebody to say you're you're a hot piece of ass and i don't care about like it's it's i don't care about like you know about how you say in my life or i just like I want to fuck you. Okay, so as your totally queer male-on-male friend who you have no sexual attraction to whatsoever, let me be the first to say... (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Let me be the first to say... To say... (coughs) You're a hot piece of ass and I want to fuck you. There, does that feel better? (laughs) Thank you. Well, it, it wasn't what I was always looking for. But I'll, I'll take it, you know. Awesome. I'll take awesome. it. Awesome. Um, the last question I had. A compliment is a compliment. Oh, no. And I, I was want and to be a creepy friend again. 
I'm going to also say that I was watching your film yesterday. And I was like, dude's cute. Why isn't dude being like swarmed by all the humans all the time? Well, I think, and I don't, I think um, that's something that I that I think about all the time that I try to explore and really be in deep reflection about because all the things that I just mentioned to you that I hear, like I get so many compliments on on my on my spirit and my wisdom and the way that I treat people, and people say that I have the biggest heart. And all these well, things. Okay. But when so girls say you have the biggest heart, you should also you should say something else is big too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I should maybe you know. I really. I've heard. That I really enjoy so making you nervous right now. It's really fun. Um, but we've been talking forever. Yeah, because in some ways I've heard that I'm too timid. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be because so you maybe I should be more bold. You shouldn't be because you're a hot piece of ass. Um, <laughs> so this has been my favorite interview that I've done in a long time, uh, just because I'm ridiculous and so are you. So AJ, it was such a pleasure having you here. You're so great. And I, it was so fun to talk to you for this two hours. Literally, it was one of the best interviews I've ever had. Thank you for being here. But I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of you and know how to get a hold of all the great work you're doing. Um, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, if you look up um, AJ Audrey Murray, which I can spell it for you, like so it's AJ and Audrey is A-J-A-N-I, and then it's M-U-R-R-A-Y, so AJ Audrey Murray, just type that in, and then you should get connected to like everything that I'm on, so that's Instagram, Twitter, and, and Facebook. Um, so all my outlets just look up AJ Audrey Murray. Amazing, AJ. It was, it was such a fun interview, and you have so much that you want to, uh, so much that you want to impart in the world. And I hope one day that your fantasy of being totally sexualized and objectified comes true. Um, and ladies, fucking give AJ an ass massage because he wouldn't like the one that I give him. But hey, if you ever need a friend to to give you a, a lending hand, let me know. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk again soon. Alright, thank you. Thanks. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Just wanted to let you know that I have started recording minisodes for the show, and if you're like, hey Andrew, what's a minisode? Let me tell you. A minisode is a little tiny morsel of awesomeness of Disability After Dark, where you, the listener, get to write in Anything about disability you want to tell me about, a story, a letter, a thought, uh, a topic idea, just tell me about your life as a disabled person. Um, Or if you're non-disabled and you have questions about disability you want me to answer, write in and let me know. And then we can really build a community around disability and we'll put them in a little 10-minute minisode that we'll play before the full episodes, it'll come out. They'll come out every Wednesday. So if you want to write a minisode, write me your thoughts, feelings, emotions, ideas about disability. You can write them to our new email address for the podcast. You can write them to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and then I will read them back to you. That's the, I'll read them back to you, and we'll wildly speculate about them together. So submit your things for a minisode to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com.
All right, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash content. This way we can do, do things like get better equipment, you help me make a living doing this thing. You help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities. So I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next time right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Udiucci. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Crippled Content Creations, 2018.